Welcome to Channel Journeys, the podcast for channel professionals that will enable and inspire you to create your best channel journey ever. Meet and learn from channel experts who share authentic stories of their channel victories, defeats, and lessons learned along the way. Here's your host, Rob Speed, a channel chief on a never-ending quest for channel knowledge and adventure. Hello, channel pros. Welcome to Channel Journeys. This is your host, Rob Spee. Happy June. Hope you are having a great year. I am fresh back from Miami, where we held our big annual Go Beyond event. It was so nice to connect live and in person with partners, customers, and colleagues from around the world. We had partner sales and technical training sessions and an entire Partner Connect Day where we collaborated on our ecosystem strategy. I hope you're out connecting with your partners. There's really no substitute for that face-to-face interaction. I had the pleasure of meeting today's guest in person about a month ago. Most of my podcast prep calls I do online, so it was really nice to get to know each other and plan this interview over coffee. Today, I am speaking with Genesis Lee. She's the VP of Customer Experience at Allbound. Allbound is the sponsor of Channel Journeys. They're the maker of a world-leading partner portal that vendors rely on to manage their diverse partner ecosystems, including dealers, distributors, VARs, and agents, as well as OEMs, ISVs, and system integrators, those alliance partners that we've been talking about. Allbound is fast and easy to set up. And their user interface makes it really easy on partners to collaborate with you on co-selling and co-marketing while they're ramping up on their trading and certifications via the portal. Be sure to check them out on allbound.com. Today, Genesis shares how data and customer-driven feedback drives their customer success, and she provides a ton of lessons that we can apply to driving our own partner success. Are you ready to meet Genesis Lee? Let's go. Hey, Genesis. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Channel Journeys podcast. Hi, Rob. Thanks for having me. You are very welcome. How are you doing today? Good. I'm doing well. Just working from my home office like many of us are and, you know, loving it. The remote world. Where are you hunkered down today? I am hunkered down in Alpharetta, Georgia, which is right outside of Atlanta. And yeah, I've been here for a couple of years, but I'm Atlanta born and raised native. Born and raised native. We were talking about that when we met. I don't meet, I'm, I'm in Alpharetta too, of course, and don't meet enough, nearly enough born and bred Georgia folks here. I know that's actually why I find it important for me to say that I am born and raised here, but it's so rare uh, to find someone who's a native Atlantan. It is, it is, but you're going to have to turn on that Southern accent at some point, just so we can be sure. Uh, yeah, I, that doesn't come naturally for me. I worked really hard not to have my Southern accent. Well, you sound great either way. All right. Thank you. So we've been talking about customer experience. It comes up in almost every conversation I have at Beyond Trust. I was just talking about it this morning uh, in a panel discussion. I was listening to a podcast this morning, Larry Walsh's podcast with uh, a guy from Ingram. They were talking about um, cloud and how customer experience is just key. And so that's what I really want to dive into with you. And why you? Because you are the head of customer experience at Allbound. Yeah, that's right. And customer experience is what drives my entire group, my entire department. And honestly, the road that took me to to Allbound. So I previously, before I came to Allbound running customer experience, I was overseeing channel sales at an IoT company. And before that, I had uh, started from scratch the customer success team at Core Wireless. So it's sort of embedded in me to 
you know, be customer centric and always be thinking about the customer experience. Well, you might have been a little bit ahead of the curve for most of us there on the, on that front. Tell us more about your role and who are your customers? Yes. So interestingly enough, the all-bound customers are the vendors and channel managers who I was previously in those shoes. At Core, I was shopping for a PRM, which is a partner relationship management platform. And in my search for a, a PRM, I found Allbound. And the need for us was to provide our channel partners with training, uh, transparency, and a way to easily uh, refer business leads and then have full visibility all the way through the pipeline. So that was really the way that uh, I came to, to Allbound and the Allbound customer today. So vendors like, like us, a lot of the listeners come from vendors. We are your customer. For us, our customers are, well, we think in two ways. We think of our partner as the customer, right? And then there's the end customer as well that we're thinking about. So, and that's an interesting dynamic too, in terms of when we talk about a customer-centric world, which customer are we talking about? Yeah. And we are talking about every level of customer. It's really important that we consider every single level, especially at Allbound. So at Allbound, our customer is the vendor. And then the vendor, they have partner managers and are running their own partner programs. And they have their partners who are, you know, their relevant customers, and then their partners and customers. So I think every level has to be considered when we talk about the customer experience and the, the way that they treat their customers and the expectations that they set are going to be different. But that end result has to be considered in what each level is providing. I think you're right. And there's also a lot of blurring in terms of who is the customer. And we have customers that are becoming partners, partners who are becoming customers. It really is blurring the lines. Yeah, it's blurring the lines, but it is uh, sort of this new evolving channel where it's perfectly okay to jump back and forth between those lines. And the ones who can adapt to that environment are the ones that are going to uh, thrive in this customer-centric channel. And why do you think that is? Why do you think customer that customer experience, that customer success is so key, so critical? So without getting too complex, I think that sometimes we overanalyze you know, what our customers may need. And without actually just taking the time and asking, what do you need? Or going one layer deeper and asking our partners, what do your customers need? I remember when I started my channel role at Core and I had, you know, I think it was day one, I'm meeting with my, my new boss and I said, well, you know, what are your suggestions for me in my first month? Uh, it was mid-COVID and we weren't traveling and that's like, what everyone in the channel is used to being face to face and networking and building these relationships. So, you know, I was challenged there. He said, pick up the phone, Jen, pick up the phone and get to know our customers. Well, in the channel, my customers were partners. So I took the advice of, of my husband and he said, do something different. So no pressure. What does that mean? Do, do something different. And so I thought about that where I had, I had just come from starting customer success. And I said, let me just use my strengths. Let me use my strength here. 
of getting to the customer and what they need. So I started every single one of my introduction calls to our partners with one sentence, which was, tell me one thing that your customers need. And they were sort of like thrown back because they're used to the business review conversation revolving around the partnership and weren't really prepared, but it was kind of refreshing. And it opened up a new area of the conversation for us to talk about how they interact with their customers, what their expectations are. And it sort of moved what was uh, previously maybe a commission spiff conversation to enablement and technology, transparency, and the real things that were going to strengthen that relationship because they could better provide for their customers. That, that is really fantastic because typically like we're, we want to go out and talk to partners. We want to craft a new partner program. And, we, and the question is, tell me what you need. But I love your question. Tell me what your customer needs. I really have tried to like bring that into my parenting methods too. It hasn't been quite as successful, but... How so? You know, when my kids come to me, they are always, you know, hey, I want this. I want, I want a snack. I want to go to my friend's house. I want this video game. And it's like, okay, well, let's turn that back around because that's self-serving. What it, can that bring for me? How... How can we, what's the mutual beneficial ground here? (laughs) And I kind of feel like the six-year-old has figured that out faster than the 11-year-old, which (laughs) is... uh, He's coming to you with a value proposition. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He's like, let me just start with how this is going to benefit you. Then we'll go into the snacks that I want. (laughs) We've got a seller already. That's, That's fantastic. So I was thinking about, you know, channel chiefs, channel managers, people that are listening to this. When you're thinking about customer success, should should you be focusing on your partner's experience and success or your customers? I think you have to do both. Yeah, I think you do have to do both. And what's really new for the comprehensive strategy is making sure, and I think we should talk about like the challenges of getting to their customers, but actually getting the feedback that we need from our partner's customers. And that can be difficult. There's a level of trust that is required to go one layer deep, that information isn't secondhand. So we can sit down in our our partner reviews, QBRs, and ask them, okay, what do your customers need? Which opens up the conversation, but is not a a reliable feedback loop that, you know, is not secondhand, that we're getting straight from their customers. So it can be challenging to get there. And I would say that it's going to be dependent on what your relationship with that partner looks like. But one of the things that we've been able to do at Allbound is uh, in our business reviews, open up the conversation and just ask, hey, would it be okay if in our next business review, we bring some of your partners on, which are you know, their customers, right. Would it be okay if we bring them into the conversation? And Rob, you would be so surprised at how many of them are enthralled. They're excited and they would love to have their customers come on because it's it's about the partner experience that we're providing. I mean, we strive to be the partner preferred PRM, which means we have to make sure that we're serving the vendors, partners. I love that. 
So you mentioned trust. Trust is so important. We always talk about that in, in partnerships. And the minute you break it, it's so hard to build back. What are some things that you're doing with your customers to build that trust? Yes. So the first thing that I did, I set a goal for myself uh, in the first quarter that I was at Allbound. I'm going to speak to at least 20% of our customers. And so I picked up the phone. Well, I didn't pick up the phone because nobody picks up the phone these days, but I scheduled a bunch of Zoom meetings. <laughs> and you know, the first thing I wanted to do was let them know that they have the power to really help direct the support model in the customer experience through this year of uh, ramp up and change. So that initial interaction where our customers understood, okay, I have a a direct line to the VP of customer experience. And I treat that so top priority. If I receive an email, phone call, text from any of our customers and they have, you know, an urgent need, I I really try to treat that as a priority so that they, they know I really meant that they can count on me. And, you know, it's like over and over, then I want to help point them in the right direction for support, but, you know, they should feel that I am true to my word. So that follow through on a very simple promise can make all the difference. And that was the case in my my previous company as well. And then I think that remembering to keep it simple that, you know, we don't have to overcomplicate this plan and try to boil the ocean, try to do too many things at one time. Accomplishing one thing at a time will begin to build this foundation of trust with your customers. And especially if you're working yourself out of a a challenging situation where, you know, like me, I've just come in, I'm new and they don't know me. I have to really establish that trust from the, the very beginning. So, you know, keeping it simple, follow through is very important. And then transparency transparency through communications and also, you know, utilizing the tools that we have to provide transparency. So, and maybe this comes into some of the things you're doing. Can you share some of the ways that you are driving that customer experience and improving it and and driving customer success at Allbound? So um, my, I love this question, by the way. Okay, good. My kids make fun of me because I use this Iron Man analogy all the time, but I have all boys and, uh, This is just the nature of the beast. So I believe in uh, hiring the right people and making sure that we have a a strong team of skilled professionals. And on the other side, that we're giving them the right tools and systems to be operationally efficient. So it is 50-50 right now. Um, That uh, strategy of building a, a strong team of, you could say, the billionaire, you know, scientists, <laughs> and then mixed with the uh, Iron Man suit, we're utilizing our tools uh, to provide a more seamless experience for our customers and taking their feedback, uh, taking our customers' feedback to make very small refinements quickly. You know, we're taking that low-hanging fruit. So in some of my uh, initial introductions, I asked our customers, what would you like to see in our ticketing system, you know, not the ticketing system, but in your interaction with support, how you submit a ticket, uh, the transparency that you have, updates that you're receiving. We were, we got all kinds of feedback 
But initially what we did was we made a more robust support ticket, which you know allowed them to detail out their a question or problem or request. And that was like within 48 hours. Then we're able to, you know, show them, hey, we made these changes. And they love being a part of that process. So I would say that 50% of our focus and our customers know this is on our systems and functionality, operationally using all of our systems to enhance the customer experience and then building out our teams so that they are providing a world-class customer experience. On that feedback and then putting it into your product, do you have like a short sprint cycle, like where every couple of weeks you're doing another sprint on enhancements? Yes, sure. So we have a full product development and engineering team. And one thing that the customer experience uh, team does is we have champions. So we have product champions that live in our customer experience team. And they meet monthly. It's a constant feedback loop. They bring our customers' feedback with them. And our customers know that. They know that at least once a month, their, you know, their feedback is going to get back to our product and engineering teams. And for many of them, it may have initiated from a, you know, a problem ticket and they have transparency through the stages of that ticket. And then they can see the resolution when it's escalated to engineering and hear that feedback from our customer experience champion coming from the product team. That's interesting. I'm just thinking how to relate it to my world. And of course, we have customers opening tickets, you know, with customer support. We have a new partner success director, and he's talked a little bit about this, having a kind of a ticketing system for the partners to be able to submit their their requests. And it could be partner program related. It could be technology related. It could be just about anything. Sure. Right now, I the ticketing system is just for our customers. However, one thing that we are piloting is giving a survey capability, feedback capability to our customers so that they can get feedback from their partners and utilizing the Allbound platform to deploy those surveys. You know, what's your experience like so that they can enhance you know, the features that they've rolled out in the platform or content or grouping mechanisms. It's um, all important that they're able to capture that feedback from their customers. Yeah, it really is. That's something that we did at my last company as part of our partner program. Partners could request CSATs or customer satisfaction surveys from their end customer. And it's something that we want to implement at Beyond Trust as well. I think that's so important because that you were going earlier about, you know, trust and and you need their trust so that they'll give you feedback on their end customers, right? And this is a way, if you let them initiate that survey, they're showing that they trust you enough to share that information. That's exactly right. I think that it's such a simple offering, but in the past, we at Allbound, we've been challenged because our platform is completely white labeled. So if we had been the ones to deploy that survey and it didn't come straight from our partners, then or from the vendors to their partners, that it would be confusing. So now if we, if this is working and our customers are liking the, the uh, survey deployment tool, then I can see it moving forward into production. Yeah, that's an interesting thought too, because if, okay, if I'm the vendor and I send the customer the survey, I've, I've taken the partner out of the equation, but it's their customer. They're the ones providing that service and they're the ones that the customer relies on, the customer's going to go talk to them whenever they have issues. And we're 
we could be really blocking that if we try to survey directly. Yes, sure. And it, it does take an element of trust from our customers to knowing that, you know, they'll those results would be shared with us. We feel that it could enhance our business reviews and the feature implementation, but you know, it really depends on the customer. They would have to see the value there. Yeah. What about data-driven customer success or customer experience? What are you doing in that front? Are you guys, I know you guys collect a ton of data. Yeah, we sure do. So on um, the Allbound platform, we use Channel Insights, which you know really helps our, our customers dive into what they're setting up and enabling their partners um, in the platform with, you know, what content is is being engaged with the most, what content is being um, co-branded, and you know, what videos are being watched, uh, how how often are their partners are interacting with learning tracks, and then uh, you know, maybe looking into the prospect pages. And the insights that we can provide and who's interacting with prospect pages, which is like um, a customized mini site that partners can put together. But, you know, data doesn't lie. And if we can provide our customers with the right insights so that they can kind of get ahead and forecast what their customers may need, what's not working, where they can save a little bit of time, then this is all feeding into the customer-centric experience that we want to help provide. Do your customers, who are the vendors, using your product, do they have full access to all of that data of how their customers are using the product? They do. They're the only ones that have full admin access to the channel insights that we're capturing for them. Yeah. I think this is really an important one because many vendors' SaaS products they look at their data of how customers are using the product to help drive customer success, but they don't share that data with the partners. And I, I remember reading a report by TSIA and they said, you know, best of breed vendors are sharing that customer use with their partners because their partners can use that information to help drive better customer experience. Yes. So um, I will say that we have two two kind of sets of data. They're not really the sets of data. It's um uh, permission rules. So our our customers, the vendors, they have full admin rights and access to all of the channel insights, and they can provide to their partners partner channel insights. So just as you're saying it, you know, it really only it can be fully beneficial once they're providing uh, those insights to their partners. They can do that in the Allbound platform through channel partner insights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's something I think. Anyone listening that, that has a SaaS offering, think about how can you share that usage data, those statistics, that, that analysis. Like you said, numbers, data doesn't lie, right? So how can, how can you share that in a, in a secure way, share the right data with your partners that they could leverage? Absolutely. And then make it a part of your partner plan, you know, your business reviews, and you know, help it uh, let that data drive your partner program. Yeah. So on that, you've been in multiple seats, the customer success seat, the, the channel seat. For our listeners, the channel chiefs, channel managers, any recommendations? How can they achieve this customer-driven partner success? Yeah. So there are a couple of um, things that we're hearing from our own customers of what's working. One of them is this idea of uh, the channel pods, cross-functional teams that 
you know, instead of having a, you know, channel sales manager, channel customer success, channel marketing operations, that they all work together in this horizontal team. And that comes from feedback from their customers saying that it's a much more seamless support system and that they all want to work together. And there's, there are fewer silos that way. And that all impacts the customer experience. I know I have certainly worked with, with vendors who it's clear they don't have good internal communications. And just by nature of putting those teams into one group, now it does require some incentives internally. Like how do you incentivize those teams to, to work together? We were working this out at core, saw the benefit. Our customers were asking for it. And I'm really impressed with some of our customers who are deploying this channel pod group. And it's definitely working for them. And they're hearing that from their, their own customers. So this pod, they're folks that probably work in different functional organizations in the company. How do you drive that collaboration? Do you have any specific examples of what you can do? Yeah. So um, customer satisfaction scores can be a part of that where you set the expectation. We are working in cross-functional teams. It's to better support you. I've seen it done very well by territory and that, you know, setting that expectation with the customer, we're going to send you a, a survey. We want to know how this is working out. And a high score uh, comes back as a, a bonus for this pod group, but also leading by example from, from the top. The executive leaders model that collaborative work and I've seen this done really well with uh, monthly executive meetings that are uh, recorded or that they bring their own leadership into to then model in their own pods so that they can, you know, have that sort of lead by example model. I like that. We, uh, we're trying to drive this at Beyond Trust with, we implemented territory partner plans. And the idea in each territory, which is a subregion for us, like a Western US or France or wherever, that the pod, the collective pod, build out the territory strategy and the plan and the objectives for the year and then each quarter. And they're, they're working on that together. And we really want them to be aligned on those goals. But I love your idea of doing the executive pod or senior leadership pod and then showing them, showing that by example. That's a great idea. Yeah. I've seen it done really well. And I think that it kind of sets the tone, especially if you're this is a new concept and you're getting it off the ground. Yeah. Yeah. How can you expect the folks down at the field to be doing it if you're not doing it yourself, right? <laughs> exactly. That's right. <laughs> Lead by example. I love that. Excellent. Any other thoughts for the audience or, or things that you're working on that you'd love to share? Yeah. So um, a couple of things that we're working on at, at Allbound in the customer experience group. So uh, there's been a lot of work to build a customer-focused cross-functional team, but with very clear uh, responsibilities. As you scale from a startup where you know everyone's wearing a bunch of different hats, it is it's difficult uh, to really tell like, is that your responsibility? Is that you know something we can count on you um, to deliver each time as the customer success manager? or as the support engineer. So internally, we're working very hard on defining responsibilities and what's going to be important to our customers 
is uh, clarifying those roles and how they engage with the customer. That is something that in Q1, I set the expectation when I was you know, picking up the phone, Zoom calls, <laughs> and you know, reaching out to each one of our customers that you can expect we're defining right now. And in your next business review, we will make sure you understand how to properly engage with our team to get that immediate response and you know, the the support and communications that we as buyers and uh, you know as consumers have become accustomed to. So that's one thing that that we're working on internally and will impact our customers' experience. And then, like I mentioned, you know, thinking about our customers and what they would need to provide to be more customer centric. So that being like transparency, utilizing the Allbound platform. Today, our customers can provide a commission dashboard and provide, you know, transparency of that lead coming through the pipeline, where it is, once it closes, and then visibility into their commissions. And that is evolving into commission calculations and then commission payout. So you know, really exciting things that are uh, helping to improve our customers' customer experience. Right, right. The first one you mentioned, the roles, you know, it seems so obvious, right? It does, but it's difficult. It is difficult. I've seen it so many times of you step into a new role and you look around and you're there for six months and then you recognize, wait a sec, they don't even have job descriptions. So (laughs) there's all this overlap, right? I know. And you assume things like, job descriptions. Uh, and it, you know, it turns into an opportunity to write those job roles and responsibilities correctly. But yeah, you make those assumptions. Yeah, it does. And, and when you're introducing a new role, that's so important because now you're kind of stepping on toes and you got to get those clear swim lanes. So people are focused on the right things. Yeah. The best thing that that I did was come in as an observer first, just a sponge. Try to take in as much as I as I could and trust the people who have been here wearing a bunch of different hats and then help alleviate them from, you know, having to follow through on, you know, these expectations that they're going to be wearing these multiple hats moving forward, which is just not sustainable. Right. And helping them see that, hey, writing this new definition of your role is going to help you work with, you know, our internal teams. But then our customer is going to have a better understanding of what your role is in their experience. Exactly. I'm thinking about the partner perspective, too, and thinking about one of the things I heard on Larry's um, Changing Channels podcast this morning. And they were talking about, I think it was like 38 or something percent of customers said they rely on their relationship with their partner for renewals. And, and that, that relationship kind of dictates whether they're going to renew that subscription or not. But only, I think it was 16% of partners actually had a partner, a customer success person in place, even having that role. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Only 16%, you said. Yeah, I think it was 16, but it was much smaller number. So obviously there's a disconnect there. So, you know, as vendors, we need to do a better job of encouraging our partners to have that customer success person like, like Allbound, like you came in to, to run that role. For sure. You know, the customer success title has a lot of variation. And um, maybe it is the case that, you know, there's this, there's sort of this shift in title change from uh, channel manager, account manager, uh, alliance manager to customer success manager. 
Alliance Success Manager. So maybe that's the case for some of that, you know, support model. Maybe they have it, but under a different title. Maybe. I have seen that. You're being generous, I think. (laughs) (laughs) That could be the case, but maybe that bumps it up to like 20%. Yeah. But I would say that in the case where, uh, because I've certainly been in this position where you are internal, you're running um, a portion of the customer experience, one of those teams, and you see the need for a customer success manager, a customer success role, that you find yourself in this position of needing to to justify that investment. And it can't be, you know, it cannot be that, oh, well, other organizations are are doing it. That's not enough. So one of the strategies, one of the ways I've I've found that has worked for me at least, and it has to do with data collection and how to justify that that need. We use a um, uh, software to record our calls with customers and you can pull keywords and that can really help if you know the keywords that you're looking for, like customer support, our experience and things like that, where you can pull, you know, a portion of customer interactions and say, look, it's not just me that's saying this, it's our customers. And look, I'm providing you with, you know, 40 phone calls that uh, demonstrate this need. And it's kind of hard to... (laughs) You like using data, don't you? I do. I love it. (laughs) That's a great point. (laughs) Can't fight the data. (laughs) No, you can't. You can't. All right. Awesome. Well, Jumping tracks a little, I was looking at your LinkedIn profile. You got an advertising degree at UGA? (laughs) Yeah, go dogs. Go dogs, for sure. So I'm curious, I always love hearing about people's journeys, you know, and and how you went from from that to then a a channels role, and then obviously customer success here at Allbound. That's kind of funny. I I actually started off as soon as I, I graduated from Georgia, I got this awesome internship at a at a magazine in Atlanta. And it was super glamorous. I was so excited. I was in the advertising uh, department. We had like parties every other week. It was fantastic for, you know, a young 20-something-year-old. Yeah. And that very quickly became, I'm not making any money. So (laughs) Tuesday and Thursday afternoons, the sales team would let me like come on the floor and start generating leads. And then that would turn into, I want to close this. So I quickly figured out that I was better equipped to be on the sales side and took a full-time position. I loved working with my real estate customers and was pushed to get my real estate license. I started off in residential and uh, worked for a, a builder in Atlanta. Loved, loved building from scratch. And I was responsible for our full uh, real estate and development team. Uh, And they would move me from location to location. I loved it. But the real estate market did not do so well. Oh, in the crash. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Uh, So 2008, I moved to the vendor side, found a love for the uh, multifamily world. I worked for uh, RentPath and loved being in sales leadership. And for me, this is true in my personal life as well as professional. I love to build from scratch. So I met with leadership saying, we actually need a sales development team and love running our inside sales teams, but we need sales development. And there's, there's a finite amount of opportunities out there in multifamily. 
and we need to get our hands on more of it. So I was allowed to pilot with a two-person team. And by the time I left the Red Path, we had a 10-person sales development team and 20-something inside sales headcount. So, and when I left, it was the very opposite of multifamily. I went to work for an IoT company, utilizing my skills and starting from scratch, building a team, started with a an inside sales team of four at core. And today, the sales development, inside sales, business development, and account management is over 50 headcount. Wow. You know, it's so funny hearing you tell that story. And for so many of us, you know, it's not some career path that you ever, ever could have predicted, right? No way. I could not have predicted. I do know about myself that I like to build new teams. And if I see the need, then I'm going to be the one proposing a change. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the trick, isn't it? It's not that you had such a passion for advertising or a passion for real estate or a passion for building homes. It was your passion for building teams or building success or whatever it might be, right? You found that core passion. That's right. And what every single one of those positions and teams that I was building had in common was impacting the customer experience, whether that be from you know the very first person they talked to from my organization, setting that great first impression to they've been a longtime customer and they need someone they can trust and support that really fits their needs, you know, the full customer life cycle. So every single one of my roles has always been involved in the customer experience. Yeah. In some form or fashion. That's right. That's awesome. Customer experience. All right. So what about outside of customer experience? You've got a lot of kids. You've got three boys. Three boys. Yes. That's probably your world. Any other passions or hobbies that you like to do? Uh, yes. Yeah. So I am, I'm a runner. Uh, I started off, and this is what happens, I think, with a lot of runners. So when I was much younger, I ran track and field. I did cross country, and I was very competitive. I'm a very competitive person, so love to run. But then, as I was getting older, running fast was not my forte. So I would just increase my distances. Went from five k's to ten k's, you know, to half marathons. And then, you know, my competitive heart came out when my father said, you'll never run a marathon though. So I obviously had to run a marathon, <laughs> but yes, I am a, a runner. It is my passion. It's my therapy as well because three kids and yeah, that's what I love to do in my off time. That's awesome. Which marathon did you run? So I started off with uh, the rock and roll in Savannah, Uh huh. which was like on paper, should have been really easy first marathon because it's super flat. But if you're training on hills, you're training on like a totally separate, you know, set of muscles. So it was actually very difficult because I had exhausted, you know, the same set of muscles by, you know, my half marathon mark. <laughs> and I was just like waiting for the hills to kick in, but they never did. That's funny. I never thought about that. I always think about when you're training flat and then try to run the hills, but not, not in the reverse. Did you go on to do some other marathons after that? I did. I did. So my father was so impressed that he said, okay, sign us up for a marathon. We'll do it together. I said, okay, we'll do it in Atlanta. That way you can fly in and we'll, we'll run in Atlanta. So we had signed up for the Atlanta marathon that is in the fall, lots of hills. And I was already prepared for that. And then my dad canceled on me the day before. So I ran that one 
all by myself. And then next year, we signed up for the Nashville Rock and Roll. So he did show up to that one. He did show up for that one. Good for him. All right. That's awesome. Love it. All right. Any last thoughts, comments, tips, parting words? You know, what I would love to just throw out there is this open conversation. I've listened to tons of podcasts. I've had the opportunity to listen to your podcast. And I always want more when I'm listening and and coming up with new ideas for myself. So uh, what I'll leave this uh, episode with is if you want more, please feel free to reach out to me. I would love to continue this conversation. Awesome. And what's the best way to reach you? Uh, The best way is through email, which is glee at allbound.com or glee at allbound.com. Glee. Glee. That's an easy one. I love it. Very, very easy to remember. All right. Reach out to glee at allbound.com. And thank you so much, Genesis, for for coming on board. Really uh, enjoyed the conversation. Thank you. All right. Best of luck. All right, guys. There you go. Another fun Channel Journeys conversation. Thank you, Genesis, so much for sharing all the great work you are doing to drive customer success. And thank you for listening today. Thanks again to our sponsor, Allbound. Allbound has best-in-class reviews for user experience, ease of use, and customer support. So if you're looking for an easier way to manage your partner ecosystem, from deal reg to tracking partner opportunities and providing the right discounts and commissions, be sure to check them out at allbound.com. For today's show notes, just go to channeljourneys.com slash CJ90. You can subscribe while you're there. And if you've enjoyed the show, please take a few minutes and leave a rating review on Apple or your favorite podcast platform. Next episode, we'll be talking about the impact of remote working on B2B business models. Are you and your partners really ready? Find out in the next episode. Until then, have an awesome channel journey. Thanks for listening to Channel Journeys. For show notes and other Channel Journey podcasts, visit channeljourneys.com. If you liked today's show, please forward it to your channel friends and be sure to tune in for Rob's next channel adventure.